This is Northology, a podcast and blog supporting and promoting the tech and startup community in Manchester. It's Wednesday, the 28th of November, 2012. I'm Nathan Ray. In this episode two, we're going to be interviewing Loz Kay, who is the leader of the Pirate Party UK. Um, After the interview, stick around to hear some announcements about what's going on in Manchester this week. And also, I'd love to hear some of your feedback about the first couple of episodes, uh, the interview style, what you'd like me to add to future episodes, that kind of thing. But for now, let's get on with the interview. Hi, this is Nathan Ray, and with me today I've got the uh, leader of the Pirate Party UK, Loz Kay. Hello, good to be here. Just uh, hanging out in Teacup, right in the centre of Manchester. Yeah, so if you hear any uh, ambiance in the background, that's what the smashing teacups are. Um, So you've just come from a busy week, or not a week, a busy uh, few months of campaigning. So can you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Well, it's been a bit of a busy year here in Manchester. Um, We've just been uh, campaigning for the Manchester Central by-election where I stood. And so there was a a by-election for Member of Parliament here in the the centre of town because Tony Lloyd stood down as MP. So that's been a bit of a chance to also to to just let more people know about us here in the the centre of uh, of Manchester. Uh, We already stood three candidates earlier this year in the local elections and and so essentially I'm just in a few months we really established ourselves here in town. So it's been busy because obviously it's been about getting the message out, Letting people know who the Pirate Party is, um, but already we've shown in just a few short months that we are able to um, we're able to beat um, already established um, parties like the Liberal Democrats, like UKIP, and like the Respect in the by-election. So essentially, we're we're ahead of where we were planning to be. So this is always good news. So you were um, w- w- you I mean you kept your you retained your deposit. That's the that's the first cut-off point. But where, where else did you uh, achieve from that? Well, we didn't retain the deposit. We got two um, percent of the vote, which, um, which first time out is is credit is credible, creditable, okay for for a first time in in a, when you're new in a constituency, and also as I say, that put us ahead of um, an established party like Respect. Personally, I think the biggest disappointment for us was um, the appallingly low turnout, um, just 18% of people. Is that some kind of low record then for a, a, a by-election, do you think? Or? It, well, we know it is an all-time low since the Second World War, which is, I think, frankly, a terrible indictment of um, where we've ended up in Manchester. We had a lot of conversations um, throughout the, the campaign. One of the things that the Pirate Party has been highlighting is um, the lack of democratic engagement. This is a big issue for us. But a lot of people were saying that um, it's not that people are apathetic, exactly. Actually, people have a much stronger feeling than that. It's real antipathy. And that's born out of um, years of broken promises, the most obvious being recently with the Liberal Democrats and tuition fees, but also issues like expenses and all the rest. But as far as we see it, it's not just enough. It's not just good enough to moan about, oh, well, well, all politicians are the same. It's actually time to get out and do something, and that's what we're hoping to do. I'm not naive. That's not going to be easy. That's going to take time. But it seems to me that it's worth doing. It's not just worth doing. It has to be done. 
so it's time to start the job. Yeah, so this is a, a tech uh, podcast for the uh, technology community and static community. Now, the reason I'm interviewing you is you have uh, one plank of your platform is quite a tech-based um, uh, tech issue. Uh, can you just speak a bit more about that? Yeah, absolutely. I think um, generally the Pirate Party is best known for our interest in tech issues in what we call digital rights, but also um, making sure that everybody gets to take part in the, um, the, the online uh, revolution. So, our, so, the, so the background has been very much, um, we're an international movement and it grew out of concerns about particularly crackdowns of web freedom and attempts for censorship. And certainly that was the kind of the, the, the launching off point for us. Particular things that we, um, we oppose are attempts to restrict access to the internet in the name of battling so-called piracy. And how does, that rep how does that show itself with this uh, very practical steps that you're wanting to take or promote in Manchester? Well, there's, there's particular things that we, um, uh, we want to do to say, um, in focusing in Manchester, is what's important is that everybody gets to take part. One of the things that we've been saying is uh, we need to focus on digital infrastructure. Now, money was put aside um, for an infrastructure upgrade in the budget, and this was announced I don't know how many times over the last, over the last few months. But it, basically, 12 million quid isn't going to cut it. I think anyone, anyone probably listening to this, uh, listen to this will probably kind of figure that out for themselves. You know, how, how much does a mile of fibre cost? It's that, it's that kind of <laughs> equation, isn't it? Well, I mean, this is the thing. It's like, actually, if you just, um, you know, if you just walk around and see as, um, as I mean, you know, while we were out going to doing some of our deliveries, actually, you can see people working and, and it's not, you can still see people fiddling with copper in the, in the cabinets. So that's what, you know, this is the thing is what, despite all these great warm words, particularly from the, the Labour-led council, it actually, we don't have the things on the ground. And what are, so we were saying it's, it's really this is where we need to be thinking about infrastructure. It's the not, okay, also on a national level, um, infrastructure often seems to come back to talking about construction, but essentially what we're talking about kind of is bailouts for bailouts for construction companies really where it is in terms of growth and new and where 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 the light spot in the economy at the moment is the internet that's where growth is and we need to be able to help that our concrete suggestion was is that there's two billion quid which is being set aside or essentially is that there's two billion quid um, which which could be brought in for a proper infrastructure upgrade. At the moment, the government is proposing a blanket surveillance program, um, uh, the, the communications data bill, uh, otherwise known as the Snoopers Charter. Last estimate was that was going to cost two billion quid. Now, we're saying that this is this is money that could be better spent elsewhere because what we don't need is a is blanket surveillance. What we do need is that we need actually a proper infrastructure upgrade. So we need blanket uh, or Wi-Fi penetration and, and not blanket surveillance. I think I think that's what we're going to. This is the problem with politics. All politics basically comes down to oh that money can be better spent elsewhere. 
um, well, not all politics, but a lot of the practical side of uh, politics comes down to that. And unless you have the influence and the uh, positions in Parliament to make that kind of decisions, there's not much uh, you can do on that uh, on that side apart from be a kind of like a protest vote or something like that. Do you see yourself as a protest vote or one or one plank platform, or do you have a much wider uh, platform as a party? Well, let's start off with the um, there's not anything you can do. Actually, I fundamentally disagree with that um, because that simply isn't the case. Um, the first thing is to, is to actually to make sure that people are putting it on the agenda and putting it on the political agenda. We're already doing that, and that's beginning to shift just because of our simple presence. Is then it's like people want to know what the concrete ideas are. Well, then we're coming with concrete ideas. But also, we're not just a protest vote. We're actually getting out and doing the work. I've had, you know, I've had a meeting at Ofcom talking about the, the Digital Economy Act. Um, I've been to the, um, the, the Department of Culture and, and been in a meeting with Ed Vasey. You know, um, so we're actually doing the work already. That's where we're different. Yeah, I'm happy to also get on protest sometimes. And, um, and yeah shout through a megaphone if I have to, but um, also where we're different is to say, actually we want productive results and we're, we're doing that stuff. As to a broader platform, as yeah, we've just been through in the Pirate Party a, um, a crowdsourcing of, the, uh, of a broader manifesto. Um, we're very much, as a party, born from the from the the web and the ways of the web so we had a whole consultation which was online basically using the reddit platform people putting in ideas things being discussed voted up and down so that's different so now we have a whole broad range of policies so we're talking we're talking about education and we're talking about health and all the things that people want to know about but also from a think from a, a different kind of perspective because it is those fresh ideas. But also one of the things that we're saying, one of the things that we can learn from the web is about how collaboration, how crowdsourcing can, can benefit us. One of the things is that it seems like politics at the moment is something that's done to people. And a lot of people are kind of commenting, it's, kind, it's a, a cosy elite. Well... But instead of just saying, oh, well, um, you know, just moaning about it and say, well, let's get the ideas then and put them, put, put them out there. Um, so, and it's important, to un it's important to understand is that, yes, on the, on the you know, the con on the legendary doorstep is n not people aren't necessarily, necessarily talking about the kind of the, the more complex ins and outs of tech policy. But what they do know is that if they can't get online, their kids' um, their kids' education outcomes are blighted. That they can't apply for work. That they are um, that they're they're shut of out of local democracy. So it's becoming very real. It's not a luxury anymore. It's a necessity. Yes, I'm glad you rose to my uh, questions before. Uh, I did so. I'm, just to make clear, I did this as an interviewer. I, uh, I asked the provocative questions to hopefully get a raise out of my guests. So, um, yeah, I think that all governments should be uh, kind of crowdfunding. If you uh, uh, elect a, an MP, they should have a set budget for the, for the fiscal year and, and for the next five years. And then in the parliament, they should all just, um, uh, you know, they commit a certain percentage of their budget to certain uh, things that come along. So, uh, 
uh, and that way the, the, the budget is set by the representatives, not just by the central uh, uh, executive. Anyway, these are just some of my uh, political uh, musings. Um, so, so it seems like you're getting a wider thing, obviously because you're spread, uh, most of your members in the European political party here, well, you've had a lot of success in Germany and some of the, some of the Scandinavian countries. How, do the, how does this crowdsource platform work in, if you have a certain education policy, does it, does it go across the different countries or do you just have to adapt it for each country? How will that work? Well, I think it's important to say is that each country is independent within the movement. So we're, so, and what we did with sourcing the ideas that actually anybody was able to put them in. Um, you know, I'm actually happy that that wasn't just our members, but it's our members that have the ultimate say. Putting us in the context of our of our friends across across the continent and indeed across the globe, as there are certain things that we share as as a key principles. That is about openness and transparency. That's about standing up for digital rights. That's um, that's about trying to put. And that's also looking at how we need to reform intellectual property in a kind of common sense way that's actually up to date with the 21st century. All and those are the things that are core to the movement right across. So we we talk regularly, but it's also it's important to say that obviously politics is different in each country too, and also that's not least because we have different systems and different you know we different economies and all the rest of it. Yes, yeah, so uh, that's that's interesting. So th this weekend you're in the uh, Northern Quarter at Madlab with the uh, with a, putting together a, a what's it a platform a manifesto for the European elections. They're years away yet. Why are you why are you meeting this weekend? Well, um, we've or, well we're meeting with some of our European counterparts as also starting to coordinate uh, ready for for the Euro elections in well 2014. Well, it's not that long away, and um, what we're very keen on plan doing is is planning um, well in advance. Um, I think it's fair to say that the um, that Europe is very much at the head of the, of the political agenda at the moment, not least because of all the recent discussions about UKIP and the EU budget. Um, so it's it's clear it's clear that we have to take us that we have to take a stance and a view on it. Um, we already have to we ha also already have. Um, uh, we have developed in, in within the, the UK our, our our stance on it, and it's um, for us. Um, what's clear is that we all still need to talk to each other. That's a given. If we want trade, if we want to do fishing, if we want if we, if we want our mobile phones to work when we get you know all of that, we still need to talk to each other, and we're certainly internationalists, but. It's also fair to say it's that that's not necessarily saying that everything's all fine and rosy with the EU. One of my huge frustrations is about how this debate has been um, hijacked, and that on one on one side, as if you're as if you're, um, it's it's almost like any kind of criticism of the EU has been put in some kind of. 
it's a rather kind of unfortunate, almost kind of xenophobic agenda, and that's as I see it. And then on the other side, it's entirely uncritical. And so, um, so what we're pressing for is that we do need a more open, transparent um, EU, um, that, we, that it's absolutely right that we're not part of the fiscal, that we're not part of the fiscal pact, because I think we should have control of our own finances here. That's absolutely hard of pirate politics, it seems to me. So we have a certain amount of just talking about these ideas, really. I mean, that's kind of exciting, exciting to me this weekend to say, you know, putting forward a positive vision of what Europe is going to be, but also saying we need to get away from the, the staid ways, but also we need to take a cold, hard look at it. Um, as far as we're concerned is that what's obvious is that the whole project has not taken the British people with it. So we need to look at how it should work and then it will be time for a referendum. Um, so, you know, that's not the same as, I'm, I'm certainly not coming at it from a kind of UKIP point, which does seem to be I think it is set up by a lot of the parties and politicians as a false dichotomy. It's all in, it's all out, you know. And uh, it's a good job you've got a bit more of a subtle um, subtle thing. I'll just let you drink a, a few mouthfuls of coffee there. So one of the great things I saw on the website uh, was that you have a commitment to evidence-based policy and policy making. I know this works quite well with you know evidence-based medicine and evidence-based science funding and things like that. How does it work out across the other parts of your platform? Well, evidence-based policy is one of our key principles, and it's in one of it's one of our in our principle declaration. It's essentially saying that we need proper evidence to back policy up, um, both so that you can know what you're aiming for, and then know whether it's worked or not. It seems to me that far too often we've had politicians who want to do something and then want to try and find evidence um, for it. There are various examples, um, both of actually willfully ignoring evidence. I mean, the most, the most perhaps the most well-known is the sacking of David Nutt, because also in terms of his um, his observations in terms of drug policy, didn't really seem to fit something that the the government felt at the time that it could sell. Paul, for example, recently has been the ban. Carl, and um, also it shows that uh, that the uh, the government commissioned report. Okay, good, fine, fantastic, and then said, okay, well, we're going ahead with it on this basis. But actually, the problem is that they're not. Uh, comparing like with like. This trial that they ran into was, was actually trapping badgers and shooting them in cages. This was to stop the, the spread of bovine TB. But actually then they're saying, okay, right, we're going to do it now, but actually how it's going to happen is we're just going to shoot badgers. So it doesn't take a genius to work out badgers can move and run. So actually, there was then in terms of going, like your objective is to stop the spread of bovine TB, actually, even if it seems counterintuitive, it makes it worse because actually you're spreading the population. So it's one. Oh, so the badgers are running around further afield than spreading it further. And also, badgers are really cute, and this <laughs> makes it fun. Look at the little black and white stripy faces. If it was rats, no one would care. Yeah, well, it, I mean, that's why it's interesting because um, really why that this that's been in such that's been in such trouble is because also the kind of is actually the pictures but it's a classic example of saying is the un is if you if you want a policy to work you need to actually have the evidence and also 
be clear about how it's going to work. Um, so so there was, this affects all sorts of areas of policy making. If you don't frame this in a way that we can know whether it's worked or not, there's no even point in doing this. You're just doing it for headlines. So more than anything to us, it's a mindset, which is a scientific mindset. That's not the same as saying it's technocratic policy making. It's not like saying, okay, that um, okay, the world will just appoint, will just appoint a kind of uh, group of scientists, and everything will be right. You still have to make decisions. You have to make priorities. That's what politics is. But, you say, saying, if we can't fundamentally decide, one, what we want to do, or two, how we're going to measure whether it's worked or not, then it's, then, then it all, it's all just sand bites and fluff. You know, it has to be better than that. We have to have a better politics than sand bites and fluff. Yeah. Um, well, you're really pushing against an open door with me there. I think uh, I can definitely go with uh, most of the things you're saying there. Um, well, let's find a bit more about you, Loz. Um, are you, are you, do you have a technology background? Is that why you got in with the Pirate Party? Or, or what's your background? And, and also, where are you from? Well, I, I think one of the things that people seem to think is actually most people in, in the Pirate Party come from a tech background. That's certainly uh, true of a, a certain part of our membership. As for me personally, um, my background is as a musician and as, as a teacher. That's why I got interested in this in the first place. Um, it's, more from, it's more from the side of culture and content. Um, I, the particular thing that made me active was feeling actually hugely angry that the music industry and the musicians' union were used trying to claim that they spoke for musicians and say about, of, by trying to push for draconian laws like the Digital Economy Act, which have, this isn't going to benefit me. I mean, I'm just I'm going to be also pure on a pure. You asked about me personally. Me personally, this is ain't going to put any more pennies in my pocket. So don't give me that crap about it being about artists. Sorry, it's about maintaining a certain market share from for certain big companies. That's my view. That's what made. That's what kind of pushed me into being active in this sphere. And then, uh, since I mean, I've always been interested in politics, and I just felt like finally I found a home. You know, I've, the Labour Party's too authoritarian for me. I'm, you know, I, I'll never be a Tory, and now the Lib Dems seem to be sewn to the hip to the Tories. And, and the Green Party doesn't really have the right culture for me. You know, I did all of that probably in the 90s, and I've kind of grown up from there, frankly. Um, so I found a place where I felt at home. Um, in terms, yeah, in as from where I'm from, you know, I grew up in, in Plymouth, but, you know, unlike a lot of people now, is that um, I think increasingly in the 21st century, we're all... Uh, migrants of different kinds and of different sorts, you know. Um, I spent I spent seven years living in Denmark, uh, which is one of the best things I think I've done. Is I think everybody should take time out of their country because you tend to see see things in a slightly different way after you've done that. And so here I am. I'm a kind of now, and I'm adoptive Mancunian. 
Okay, thank you, Lars. Well, just um, finish up. Can you tell me just where people can find out a bit more about the Pirate Party? I'm sure there's a URL out there somewhere. And yourself, do you do you have any um, site with your music on and things like that? Oh, oh yes, all of that. Um, for the Pirate Party itself, the national site is piratparty.org.uk. Locally, um, put Manchester Pirate Party into your favourite search engine. There are several available. <laughs> um, and also, as, as for me, um, you can find me on the social networks, um, on the Twitters as at LozK, L-O-Z-K-A-Y-E. Um, and also, also you can find some of my music on SoundCloud, so SoundCloud and forward slash LozK, spelt the same way. Okay, thank you very much. Thank you, enjoyed it. So let's see what's happening this week in Manchester. Tomorrow, Thursday 29th of November at 6pm, there's the Women in Tech uh, Mentoring and Networking at Mad Lab. That's, that's at 6pm. On Friday, there's a the training session all day about using uh, NVR... NVO at MadLab. Well, check out the website for details about that. Uh, at nine o'clock on Saturday morning, we've got Startup Club. Uh, it's five pounds all day. Uh, I think this is the first um, the first event that Startup Club is doing on a weekend. So check that out. On Sunday at two p.m., we've got the Girl Geek Tea Party, uh, where they're doing geeky crafty decorations, and that's six pounds each. That's at MadLab from, uh, like I said, two p.m. And then Monday. Uh, lots going on on Monday, 6 p.m. Lean Startup Conference has been live streamed from San Francisco uh, from two o'clock onwards, and I think that's being held at the Tech Hub um, in Manchester. And at 7 p.m. there's the Google Technology User Group at MadLab and the Free Software Foundation Europe at MadLab as well. Um, Tuesday. There's Understanding Mobile Apps at The Hive, that's in the afternoon, starting at 1.15. And at 6 p.m., Manchester Inventors Group, looking at investors, and that's held at the City Library. I've never been along to one of those groups, so I'd like to hear some feedback about what, what the Manchester inventors get up to. And then there's the Appstravaganza event, which is the Manchester iPhone development group are hosting that at Mad Lab from 7pm. And then next Wednesday, as every as every Wednesday, there's the Salford Jelly co-working day over at the um, uh, Enterprise Centre over in Salford. And there's the Northwest Drupal user group at Mad Lab and in Hack Manchester. They meet every Wednesday from 7 o'clock at Mad Lab as well. But they meet most weeks, but just check the details, check the website for, for details about that. That and for that and all the details of events, tech and startup events in Manchester, go to northology.com slash events and you can find them up there. If you've got an event which you'd like to promote on Northology um, and get on the diary, please email me. I'm Nathan at northology.com. And any other ideas, suggestions and feedback that you'd like to give about the podcast or about the blog, uh, yeah, just email there. You can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Nathan Ray or you can follow Northology at Northology. And that's it. Okay, we've got another interview lined up for next Wednesday. I will see you next week.